Hello there, welcome to May Fight Club. I'm your host, Manny G. Today we're talking about Invicta FC 52 coming up on the 15th of March with a 9 p.m. Eastern start time. That's going to be a Wednesday evening, midweek, yes. A little unusual for the most casual mixed martial arts fans. But if you don't know about Invicta, they have about six fight cards per year. Usually Wednesday nights, about six, seven fights per card. All females, open live scoring system. That part is dope. And if you don't know what that means, it means between rounds, you as the fan, you get the score. And then the fighters and their coaches between rounds also get the score. It's pretty cool. This fight will be going down in Denver, Colorado. This fight card, excuse me. The main event will be a championship fight. And before you're like, oh, it's just women's Invicta. And so many former fighters, so much of the alumni from Invicta have moved on to the UFC and Bellator become top level fighters. And some have become even champions. So that's how we kind of got our eyes on Invicta to begin with. It's also available on DraftKings. Should be available on FanDuel and most sports books. Seven fights, midweek. It's perfect. It's like a midweek little appetizer for the NFL fans out there. It's like the Thursday night football version for us as mixed martial arts fans. So we'll go through each fight, one fight at a time. Start with the first fight in the card, go to the last fight. There is no prelims. There is no main card. It's just seven total fights, main events, a belt on the line. And uh, we'll start with the first fight. going to be Diana Sanchez versus Kendra McIntyre. Not much to tell you guys. Kendra McIntyre, we didn't see much of any film on her. She's 0-0 against Diana Sanchez, who's 1-1. I would advise probably not betting this fight at all, but we'll give you a little bit of an overview of our take on this fight. We like Sanchez to win by decision. This fight will mark the debut, pro or amateur, for Kendra. Kendra has no amateur experience we know of and no pro experience. Whereas, again, Diana has at least some amateur experience and combined with some pro experience, a lot more cage time compared to zero. Right? So without seeing film on Kendra, she's a bit of a shot in the dark. She could come out here and look good. She could come out here and look terrible. Well, leaning Sanchez, just again, due to experience, it's all we have to go off of. For Diana, the one thing we noticed on film, because we did watch film on her, she's tentative, stands a bit flat-footed, doesn't initiate much of anything. And so let's pretend she comes out and doesn't look good, but has some experience. The fight going over two and a half rounds, a spot we like, it's a three-round fight. And then Sanchez to maybe win the fight by decision and possibly fight going to full decision as well. But again, you know, it's straw weights, 115 pounders. We shouldn't see one punch knockout power. We'll lean towards Sanchez, 26-year-old against Kendra McIntyre, who we have like nothing on. No age and no gym and yeah, so on and so on. So we'll go with Sanchez here. Let's Next move fight. on. Kayla Cutler versus Myra Canturia. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And if I'm not... Got my apologies. I'm doing the best I can. When I first saw the last name Cutler, I thought to myself, Jay Cutler. I'm a former Chicago Bulls Bears fan. I mean, and Jay Cutler was a quarterback for a long time. This is probably not his wife. <laughs> it's probably not his wife or his daughter. So Kaylee Cutler versus Myra Cantoria. The basics on these two fighters here. So uh, Cutler's seven and six, just about a 500 level fighter. That's not attractive. That's not a good look. Nine five and one for Myra. A little better, but still some question marks. They're both fighting lower-level promotions and kind of not doing great, not great records. For Myra, three and two in her last five fights. Based out of Annapolis, Gaios, Brazil. That's down in Brazil, but the name Annapolis makes you think of Annapolis, Maryland, right? 34 years old for Myra, 5'7 in height with a 68.5-inch reach. She trains at a Brazilian top team, Annapolis. As for Kayla Cutler, 7-6 and six overall, 2-3 and three in her last five fights. Not great. Out of Michigan, 32 years old at 11 months. About to be 33. Both fighters, mind you, 33, 34, it's 
it's definitely late in the game, right? For Kaylee, 5'5", five, five, compared to 5'7", for Myra, giving up 2 inches for Kaylee, and 62.5 inch reach for Kaylee versus 68.5 for Myra. That is 6 inches. I'm not a mathematician, but that's a big amount of reach difference there on the favor of side of Myra. And then for training purposes, Kaylee is out of Michigan top team. So for basic information, all we know is that Myra is a little longer, has a little more winning percentage, as for our notes in this fight, Mara Contoria by submission. That is our prediction. Kaylee Cutler is a fighter that has been up and down a lot recently. She's an average fighter on the feet, has some grappling skills, likes to wrestle with her opponents in hopes that she can get some takedowns, slow things down, gain some position, position control, right? Shorter arms, makes sense. Bring her in, slow things down, right? On the feet, her reaction time is slow at best. Her striking is below average. Her takedown defense is not good, so Myra should have an opportunity or two to take her to the mat. Kaylee has displayed low fighter IQ in the past, giving up positions to chase submissions. Recipe for disaster against a person like Myra who has innate natural grappling good wrestling skills. For Myra, she has two defeats to Amanda Lemos. You may have heard of her. Amanda Lemos is currently in the UFC. Decent fighter. I mean, not championship level, but Okay, they fought twice. I believe first time she lost by decision. Second time she got finished in round three, but went the better part of five and a half rounds with Lemos. That says something. For Myra, has solid BJJ skills and will jump on your back. So if at any point Kaylee messes up, gets sloppy, Myra will mount her, get in her back. Now the red flags for Myra are pretty obvious. She's on a two-fight losing streak, and she's been finished in three of her last five losses. So durability concerns. Thing is, we're not worried about Cutler knocking out Myra because Cutler hasn't displayed any kind of knockout power. So that should be like off the table. On the ground, Myra seems to be better, stronger, faster, more skilled. The only realistic path to victory for us, for Cutler, is by decision. And that would be the most likely way. But again, shorter arms from distance. Yeah, it just really doesn't add up for us. We see Kataria winning the fight most likely by submission. The betting spots like the most of this fight are the fight going over one and a half rounds and Myra on the money line along with Myra by submission. Remember, again, Cutler likes to grapple, get in the ground and wrestle. That works towards Myra's wheelhouse. All right, moving up the card here. Let me take a sip of my wine. Okay, so next fight's going to be Sayuri Cannon versus Amanda Mysosi. Kind of a tough name to say. I'm just going to call her Amanda and we'll call Sayuri Miss Cannon. Um, you guys know the basic, basic information these two fighters. Let me get to our breakdown here. So for Amanda, we like her to win the fight by submission. Now, full disclosure, Cannon is a complete unknown. We're talking no film, um, just a, a lot of blind spots here for us in this spot. And from that perspective alone, you might want to keep it moving from a betting perspective. You can watch the fight, you know, maybe have some personal sides you're choosing. But betting standpoint, we'll have very little exposure, if not none at all. Okay, so um, anyway, Cannon could show up looking good, could show up looking terrible, long layoff. Amanda could end up dragging her ass to the ground and submitting her in round one. And we do like Amanda to win by submission. For Cannon, she was booked to fight Tanya Najjar back in January. Najjar's a Canadian prospect. Pretty good overall fighter. Uh, hasn't faced much competition. We got the impression that they were bringing in Sayuri Cannon to fight Najjar to get beat up, right? To, to give Tanya some experience. But Tanya ends up missing weight. The fight gets canceled. And now you have Sayuri Cannon getting rebooked for this fight. Are they bringing Cannon in to get beat up? I, I don't I don't understand. I don't know. I mean, we don't really know much about her. She could be good. She could be terrible. It, it, a lot of, a lot, again, a lot of blind spots here. The betting spots, we like the most for this fight, though. We do like Amanda winning the fight by submission, like we said before. Amanda on the main line. And the fight going under two and a half. We did see some film on Amanda. What we did see from her... 
we were pretty satisfied with, even for just a one to no prospect. But for again, for Sayuri Cannon, it's just it just seems to me, smells to me like she's the prospect coming in to to kind of get beat up and help build up some of the, the numbers here for some of their prospects. So that's our take there. We're on demanded with the fight by submission. Moving up the card, Fatima Klein versus Natasha Kuzitina. Kuzitina? I, I might be saying that correct incorrectly, but I'll just call her Natasha. And we got Fatima Klein. Again, as a reminder, all these bouts are strawweight bouts, 115 pounders. I mean, if you don't remember the last time you weighed 115 pounds, yes, it was a, probably a while ago if you're a gentleman like me, but it's not much weight. You don't usually see one-punch knockouts, though it can happen. You will see submissions, but ultimately tend to see some time go off the clock, right? Athleticism, quickness, striking, not much power. Technique tends to win the day. Uh, can you see submissions again? Yes, but usually you don't see anything happen too fast. In the case of this bout here with Fatima Klein, she's 3-0 up against Natasha Kuzitina. Now, for Natasha, here's the thing. If you look at her record, you're like, oh, she's 1-0, you know, doesn't have any experience. And, you know, Fatima has triple the experience. Fatima has a pretty good record. And you just kind of gloss over the fact that this uh, Natasha chick actually has some legit high-level grappling, world-class. You can see based upon her profile picture there on Tapology, she's got some medals around her neck, and she's got a gi on, and she's got a very short haircut. She almost looks like she might be able to wrestle with the hombres. You know, she's uh, she's pretty tough. Thick neck, square jaw. You feel, you feel what I'm saying here? Okay, all that said, all that said, I, I do want to put it out there that we, we it's, again, a lot, of, a lot of gray areas here we can't cover. We don't know... I mean, we saw her in one mixed martial arts fight that was a bare-knuckle fight for game bread. You know, like, that that's what she did one time, and then she beat up a girl, and that... It, what do you take from that? I don't know. She's decorated in jiu-jitsu. We know that. Her striking is probably not going to be great. If the fight hits the mat, I think she has the advantage over Fatima Klein. It will come down to cardio, though, and I'll talk about Fatima Klein in a second. So I just want to cover here Natasha. Again, very high-level jiu-jitsu. Um... We think if if she gets to fight to the ground, it could be her round. That's why we are actually going with Natasha to win the fight by a round one submission. We're doing it. We're going out there. And, you know, it's tough here because we like Fatima Klein a lot. We'll talk about her in a second. But we think that Natasha's submission ability, her grappling, the film that we did see on her, if that fight hits the mat, Fatima Klein will have to be high level. She'll have to kick in the gear to to get a defense there on the ground. Okay, now as for Fatima Klein, we're very high on her coming into her last fight. I mean, super duper high. She came in, she was a favorite, um, and she was like a minus 375 favorite, actually. She won the fight, but it was not impressive. You know, that kind of win where it's like you got the win, but mm, you know what I'm saying? Now, more concerning, her opponent in that fight was kind of low level. So it, it's just like, how would you, how did you end up in a fight going to decision? Didn't look impressive against like an opponent who's somewhat overweight in the midsection doesn't look good on film before that fight didn't look good in that fight and somehow pushed Fatima Klein to a point where even though I had Klein that night on some tickets and had her on some parlays I was like sweating so I'm not going to get behind Klein it's a matter of time and Natasha could be that matter of time Natasha gets to the ground we could have some problems. Fatima Klein, who I think has a lot of tools, showed some 
gas issues. Maybe my my prediction here, round one submission by Natasha needs to be pushed back to like round two or round three. I just feel like, again, Natasha, we know she could do that well. Fatima doesn't do anything amazing. She's a pretty good athlete, but doesn't do anything amazing. So that could be the problem. So Fatima should be the better fighter on the feet. No question about that. She has more experience, has fought more cage fights. You know what I'm saying? We're getting off the Klein bandwagon. That's the bottom line here. We're going with Natasha. Bit of a shot in the dark here. The spots we like from a betting perspective, the fight going over a round and a half. Natasha by submission and Klein by, by decision. I'm sorry. Next fight on the card is going to be Mina Grusander, who hails from Finlandia. Finland versus Shauna Bannon. Oh, my God. Shauna Bannon from Ireland. This is kind of funny. Um, what you have here is that classic case of a promotion giving a fighter a very easy setup to win the fight because they want that fighter to win. They have, you know, a bit of investment in them. And as we break this down, that'll make some sense to you. In the case of Mina, six and four from Finland, 34 years old, basically 33 years old, 11 months, five, four compared to five, seven for Bannon. Mina had 61 inch reach compared to 69 inch reach for Bannon. And Mina is out of Finn fighters, gym. Sean is out of Holohan, uh, martial arts, much taller, much longer, uh, 29 years old, not much younger, but four years younger, and again, undefeated. So we like Grusander to win the fight. <laughs> yeah, right. No, we like Shauna to win the fight by decision. Bannon is the flavor of the month for Invicta. The hype train's behind her. She's got the attitude, the look. She's from Ireland. She's got all that going for her. Invicta is marketing her as like their female version of Conor McGregor. Same thing like the UFC is doing with Ian Gary, right? They're putting the lineage together. They're putting him on the same card with Connor late in the year and, you know, so on and so on. To be honest, though, she's very raw, has a lot of improving to do. She doesn't do anything very good. She does have a little bit of a takedown energy and some wrestling and some grappling, but she doesn't do anything amazing, even on the ground, a little, you know, little sloppy. Her striking is eh, you know, um, not much power behind her punches. Where she does her best work is on the ground when she has a bad opponent who's weak and can't get up and she can get into a full mount, start laying ground and pound. Unfortunately, that's also where Mina does her best work. Her opponent also likes to grapple and wrestle. That's where she lives. Now, based upon our analysis, the ceiling for Shauna Bannon is low. She's being hyped up now, but we don't see the ceiling being very high for her. For now, she fits the bill for Invicta, though. For Mina Grusander... She's returning to the cage after a three-year layoff. Her last fight was in the Octagon Octagon promotion back in 2020, so three years ago. A quality split decision loss to Jing Yu Fry, 2018. She lost to Fry a second time and lost again by that fight by unanimous decision. So she lost twice to Jing Yu Fry, once by split, and then one, once by unanimous decision. Of course, Jing Yu Fry is in the UFC. There's almost no way to know what to expect from Grusander in this spot. Three-year layoff, a long time, right? She was average three years ago. We have no doubt that she's going to be some version of that. I mean, she could be a little better. The improvements, we just don't know. Her grappling was pretty good in the past. That's where she, you know, she'll chase some arm bars. She'll chase some Kimuros the whole time. Mina often makes mistakes of losing her position to go after submission. Invicta, look, clearly has the hots for Bannon. No question about that. She represents the short-term money for them. Maybe could become the next UFC signee. And keep in mind, Invicta's a small promotion. For them, someone like her getting signed, it's a big deal. They want to prop her up. They're giving her an opponent she can beat, right? So Mina was booked for this fight to keep Bannon 
Keep the hype train going. That's the whole idea, right? An exciting win for Bannon could result in her getting opportunity in Contender Series, PFL, Bellator, UFC directly. Who knows? She's easy on the eyes. She's got the whole spunk, the whole attitude. It all makes sense. The betting spots like the most for this fight are Bannon to win the fight and Bannon into the distance. So Shauna, yeah, she's decent looking. Blonde hair, she's got the lips. I think she had some work done on her lips. I think she had some kind of like a, a blow-up job. Um, that sounded terrible. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she had some work done. And, you know, she, she's got some looks. What kind of weirds me out about Shauna Bannon is that she has like super-duper dark eyebrows. I don't know if you know this about her. Her eyebrows are very dark. And then she's got like the bleach blonde hair. Probably blonde, bleaching her hair and then dyeing her eyebrows dark. So we got a lot going on there. A lot going on. Anyway, let's keep it moving here. Let's get back to our breakdown. Next fight, a name you might recognize. Carolina Wojcik versus Idiana Silva. Now, not Idiana Silva, but um, Carolina Wojcik, a fighter you might recognize. This would be the co-main event. And for Wojcik, been around a little bit has fought a handful of fights, has been in Invicta. And I'm just double-checking here, but I believe she also had a few fights um, in KSW. And then she was also on the Contender Series 2022. So just you know, some stuff to talk about there on Carolina. But they're side-by-sides. Carolina's 10-3 and overall, 4-1 in her last five fights. Out of Poland, 28 years old, 5-2 in height, with a 62.2-inch reach, training out of grappling, crack out. As for Miss Silver, who goes by Mel Pitbull, 12 and 3 overall, about the same experience, 4 1 in her last five fights out of Brazil, 21 years old, 5 3 in height, about the same reach out of Team Cova dos Leos. So, height and reach wise, about the same. Age wise, Silva is very young, 21 years old. That's a bit of a red flag. You know, that's, that's, it's not, you, not like you can't be good at 21, but just, you know, it's young, uh, 20 years old for Carolina. So like Silva by round one KO. <laughs> That's our prediction. Silva's younger, more upside, throws punches with a lot more power, and she tries to finish her opponents. What I mean by that is some fighters are not trying to finish their opponents, a la Robert Whitaker, a la uh, the Williams guy who just fought this past weekend for, for, for UFC. He had that heavyweight fight, right? It was a heavyweight bout. You just kind of knew it wouldn't go to a finish. Him and the Bresky guy went back and forth. And Williams wrestled him. Um, Lipsky winning her fight by decision over, uh, what's her name? J.J. Aldrich. Same deal when it comes to um, Wojcik. You know, her path to victory, probably by decision. Silva, she's trying to fucking finish you. That's what she's trying to do. <laughs> okay. So has finishing ability, and she's trying to finish you. If she connects with something powerful, a hook, short hook of some kind, she's going to put Carolina away. The only concern we have for Silva is that she tends to drain her gas tank by throwing too many power strikes, trying to get the knockout punch. You know, she's like that heavyweight fighter trying to get that one punch, knock you out. So long as she can manage her cardio, it shouldn't be a big deal for her. Manage her cardio, keep herself under control. Silva has some wrestling ability. Should use it more, in our opinion. Doesn't use it enough. And uh, I think early on, just get a takedown, bring the fight to the ground, mix things up, at least force Carolina to defend multiple levels. As for Carolina, 7-3 in her last 10 fights. That's pretty good. During that time, she had key wins over Lovato and DePaula. 
names you'll recognize on her tapology profile. She also has a split decision loss to Cheyenne Vlismus, a.k.a. Cheyenne Bias, who's in the UFC. Split decision loss. Not bad at all. From a strength of, stand, from a strength of schedule standpoint, Carolina definitely has the edge. Our biggest critique of Carolina is that her lack of finishing ability and uneventful fighting style. Like, not a very exciting fighting style. It doesn't do a ton to overwhelm you. That's why she's going to split the times, right? She's been to a decision in her last 11 fights. So, last 11 fights, 11 straight decisions. During that time, she went to four split decisions. So, she's just not doing enough, again, to win the fight outright. From a betting perspective here, the spot has to be like the most are the fight going over a round and a half fight not going the distance and Silva by knockout. We'll likely see a place here. Excuse me. We will likely place her into a parlay or two. We're thinking for Silva. We do like her a lot here. We just think, I don't think very much of Carolina. I hate to say it. I mean, nothing personal, but uh, Silva should win this fight. Let's keep it moving. We're on to the main card. Valesco Machado versus Danny McCormick. Let me pull up their profiles here. So, this will be the main event. Only seven fights in the card. Again, we like it. It's midweek action. It's an appetizer. It's like Thursday Night Football for the NFL people like myself. So main event, strawweight bout, championship in the line, 115-pounders, Valeska Machado versus Danny McCormick. Valeska is 12-3 and three overall, 4 won her last five fights, based out of Rio de Janeiro, 28 years young, 5'4 in height, with a 63.5-inch reach out of MSP. As for Danny McCormick out of SBG Ireland, with a 61 and a half inch reach, about the same height, 5'4 in height, 33 years old, so five years older, not a big deal. She's out of Dublin, Ireland, of course, where SBG Ireland is based out of. She is Irish, 62 overall. And so what do we know here from this these basic information here? We know that they've both been around the block, both fought some good competition. Winning percentage-wise on the side of Valeska. And height and reach-wise, they're in the same wheelhouse. Valeska is a bit longer. If you've watched her on, on film, you'll notice that. And she'll have a slight reach advantage here. If she plays it smart, that could be a path to victory. We like Machado to win the fight by decision. So Valeska Machado to win by decision, that is our prediction. McCormick has a solid resume that includes a 4-1 stretch in Bellator. You do like that. What she lacks in athleticism, she makes up for in just grit, elbow grease, determination. McCormick represents the growth of women's MMA in Ireland. She's part of this like generation 2.0. There was Connor and that, you know, now she's kind of coming behind that, that second wave. Unfortunately, she just tends to be physically outmatched. Like she's not very quick. Her speed disparity is significant. You notice it when she faces good athletes. She just weighs slower. Her chin's open, doesn't move very much, you know? So she got destroyed by, she got destroyed by Stephanie Page. That was her last fight in Bellator. Now, keep in mind, Paige is 2-4 in her last six fights. That included the win there over, over Danny. So Paige was not coming in on any kind of whatever high streak, and, and Paige just took her apart in round one, knocked her out. McCormick holds her hands very low and has no head movement. She's a stationary target. If Valeska just moves like she just likes to move with the legs, keeps circling around and jabbing, she'll be able to piece up Danny easily for three full rounds. And now, for McCormick, one more thing. When she gets stung, she becomes even more of a statue, okay? If you watch some prior film of her, she'll get hit and hurt, and then it's like it's like zombie mode. I mean, it's not uncommon. You're, you're stunned, but she just does like this. Like, her hands are out. They're not up here. She's not. <laughs> she's here, 
and just like I'm I'm just catching your punches to the face. Um, not a good look. As for Machado, has the skill set to circle her, has the cardio, can move around, give problems to Danny, never being a moving and never being a stationary target, right? Uh, for Leska, advantages on the on the ground. I wouldn't say the ground, but has the advantages of getting back up, being more athletic. And on the feet, she has also the measurable advantages, right? Not just faster and quicker, but longer. You know, same height, but longer. Now, all that said, she does have some flaws. Valeska Machado, that is, right? She doesn't have much power in her punches. So we're, not gonna, we're never going to lie to you and say, oh, well, she's going to knock out McCormick. Probably not. Even though Danny McCormick has a suspect chin, Valeska's not known for her knockout power. She has no knockouts in her last three years. You know, she lacks a sense of urgency at times. Fight gets close. Machado have a tendency back up and not engage. That freaks you out if you're holding the Machado ticket. Against Rodriguez, Velasco, that is, in contender series, that was two years ago, 2021, she just would not push the pace. It was an important fight. The fight was close at times, maybe came down to round three. Her corner's like imploring her, go, go. And she was like intimidated. Got punched once or twice, and yeah, just didn't seize the moment. It was almost like almost as if she was scared. I don't know. So Machado's lack of finishing ability, her lack of a sense of urgency at times, and, and going to the judges too much—that is a big concern. You know, going to the judges, as we know, is never a good idea. <laughs> now, for that reason alone, we're going to bet still with Machado. We're still going to say, listen, she still has the you know experience she's you know got the ability but we're gonna say bet with caution do not get too invested with machado she probably opens the favorite but you might even just sprinkle like a decision prop here in mccormick if it's nice and juicy because valeska machado just you know it's yeah it's, it's been close at times and it shouldn't have been close but we like her to win she should win here for the spots like from a betting perspective the over two and a half rounds mind you this should be a five round fight it's a championship fight it should be five rounds so over two and a half, over three and a half. Fight goes to decision. Machado by decision. And then McCormick by decision if that prop is juicy for you. So that's your main event for Invicta FC 52. I do want to go ahead and just open up the data sheet real quickly. Just give you guys a quick summary of our picks and make sure we're on the same page. So main event, we like Valeska Machado to win that fight by decision. That's the championship fight moving down. We like Silva to win her fight, and we have Silva winning her fight. If I pull up my notes here, probably I'll have it in front of me. Here we go. We like Silva win the fight by a TKO. Moving down, we like Shauna Bannon, the pretty blonde from Ireland, to win that fight by decision. Natasha... Kuzitina, the Russian. Surprise, Fatima Klein. We have Natasha winning the fight by a first round submission. Amanda Masosi, tough last name to say here. We like Amanda Masosi to win the fight by submission. Not sure which round, but that's our play. We've got Myra Cantoria, the Brazilian, to win the fight by submission over Kaylee Cutler. In the first fight in the card, Diana Sanchez to win the fight by decision. So that's your breakdown for Invicta FC 52. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you guys uh, checking out our channel. If you haven't done so already, please like, please subscribe, check out our newsletter. The links are down below. And if you're betting on Invicta FC 52, just a reminder, it's available usually on DraftKings. Comes out, the lines come out typically, let's say Monday-ish. Monday, I mean Tuesday, the latest. And... Um, 
it'll be airing on Wednesday night, and that should be on YouTube. It should be on YouTube on the Invicta FC YouTube channel. We'll put that link also down below in our description. But uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Good luck on this fight card. If you're not subscribed to our newsletter, do so, please. If you want the full tip sheet for this entire fight card, you can get it there in our newsletter. It's available free. There's no, there's no like, whatever, paywalls or Patreons. There's no levels. Um, subscribe to the newsletter. Get the full tip sheet for this card. We will be placing some bets on Invicta FC 52. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you guys soon. Deuces.